shake hands or no? No. Doesn't matter? No. Don't worry about it? Okay, cool. I'm just talking away like that. Are you comfortable like that? Yeah, I'm good. Mike's good. Yep. What's the loudest you'll talk? About that. Okay. Not much louder. Did you laugh? Peanuts. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Pa 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 pa. T T ta ta ta. And S. T T s Silly sausage. And just take a photo while we're um I always forget to do the photo. And you know for the beds made. Beds made. Um second part of the interview in the bed. Hey friends, welcome to this week's Ramble coming up next with Reese Muldoon. Uh, you may know Reese from shows such as House Husbands, Secret River, and uh, if you've got kids, you may know him from Play School. I'm really excited about this week's interview, but before we go into that, friends, I wanted to tell you about something that I've just started. Uh, you may or may not be aware of a website called Patreon, where you can donate money to uh, to the arts, to creative endeavors, to things like that. And uh, I would love it if you guys would head on over to patreon.com slash marksbros, which is M-A-R-K-S-B-R-O-S, and have a look around at what I've put up there. This show kind of started out as a, as a little hobby, and as we've gone on, I've become more and more passionate about it, and we'd love to make it self-sufficient and keep bringing it to you for free. Um, so have a look on there. You can pledge as little as $1 a month, and with the growth of this show, that $1 a month will go a long way to helping us to create a show that is fully self-sufficient. So if you're taking value away from this show and you'd like to see it stay on the airwaves for free, please go on over to Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Marks Bros. Give us $1 a month. Or if you're feeling a little bit saucy, maybe you'd like to give us $1 a week. There is some great money can't buy rewards on offer just for you. And you. And your friends as well, if they want to give that $1 a week or a month. Maybe you want your name read out live on air. Maybe you've got a burning question that you'd like me to ask one of my guests. Maybe you would even like be a guest on coming up next and of course if you're unable to help financially please share it on your facebook on your twitter on your social media and help continue the evolution of Cun podcast anyway enough of the plug here's my interview with one of australia's most iconic actors reese muldoon i'm not sure if you know even what this no what you what you've come in no to but talk just, about. it's good to not know just ask me the questions and I'll answer them. Fear of the unknown. Yeah. No fear of the unknown. Yeah, even. Um, it's basically, I hit 30 and went, geez, I've, I've certainly chosen a, uh, a difficult career path. Yes, here. yes. <laughs> I can speak on that. Um, and so I guess it started out as me wanting to chat to other people who'd also chosen yes. this difficult career path. Great. And what's what gives them fire every day yep. to get up and go, yep. maybe I can't pay my Mainly rent next week. Mainly, yeah. Yeah, well, it's that, the heroin I mean, that gets you up in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's we'll save the gold. Let's save the gold. We'll save that for the end. Yeah, yeah. Gold heroin. Yeah, actually, we're rolling. We're rolling. Oh, Brown good. sugar. Yeah, yeah. No, he just starts, and then we start. And then we just start. It's all very meta. Okay. I don't know cool. really how that sits with you. Yeah, no, it's, it's you know on a on a high plane. But that's what all the the kids are doing these days, right? I just, guess you just open up whenever you open up. Yeah, you yeah. just start. Yeah. Um, there is no beginning. There is no end. It's like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. I feel like there's a joke between you that I didn't get. No, well, that's just a song. You know, ah, it's right. windmills of your mind. Right. It's, uh, yeah. I think Andre Previn, I could be wrong. Because he, he wrote very strange, sort of very difficult to play pieces of music, mm. Andre Previn. No, just like, well, you just look at the chords and you know, like there's all those D diminished seven, whatever, you know, just ones that I wouldn't even, you know, jazz musicians know them, but I don't. <laughs> you know, I know major chords. You've actually got a couple of albums that you've released. I do, yeah, yeah. The kids, um... pretty much major, major. We did get a, we did play, a, we did do a, um, we did do Dudley Moore's song for Susie. I'm not sure if you know that track. And we got a great guy. I can't Hugh. His the first name is, but a great pianist to, to come in and um, jam on uh, song for Susie, which is this fantastic jazz track. Hugh and we, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, great guy. Oh, is he? Oh, say hello from me. Yeah, he came in and he just smashed it. He was really hung over when he came in because we, we just called him up, you know, because it was through a mate from the Avalanches, actually, knew him and said, um, get, get Hugh in, he'll be great. And, um, and we got him in and he oh, knocked it out of the park. I'll, I'll play a little bit later once we've done because he just smashed it really, really good. Mm. Yeah. How did you... You know what? Before I ask that, I'm just going to yeah. introduce you. Oh, okay, sure. that's apparently what professional yep. people do. Yep. Um, sitting here today with Reese Muldoon. Yes. Uh, you may know him from a television show that hasn't been released yet called Sweatshop. Indeed. Um, I don't know how you... Well, I get blown by a tranny. Yeah. Um, Let's who, just get down to it. Who's played by Sam Johnson. Who was a guest on this show. Yeah. 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 Um, Abs of Steel. You know, I mean, he rode his unicycle around the nation mm. in preparation to play that tranny. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was actually there with him the, the whole way, yeah. or most of the way, and um, I was observing. Yeah. I was observing the whole time and thinking, man, this guy's method. Yep. This guy's guy method would look great as a chick. That's what you were thinking the whole time he was riding. You know what? There were a couple of times where he had, where he had to, and I'm doing inverted commas here, yeah. uh, put heels and a frock on for challenges, again, in inverted yeah, commas. Challenges. Yeah, challenges. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not too much of a challenge, just quietly. No. Yeah. Um, but you may actually know Reese from things like uh, House Husbands more recently, Secret River. Well, no, House Husbands pretty recent as well. Very recent. Last yeah. night, funnily enough. But yeah. Yeah. No, Secret River was a cracker of a job, that one. Sam Johnson was in that as well. He was. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to a podcast with Tim Minchin the other day. He oh, was yeah. also in that. Yep, he was in there too. Yeah, yeah. What's he like to work with as a... Tim Minchin? Yeah. Uh, yeah, mate. Well, I'd never met him before this. And um, it was great. So we'd basically sort of go out and, um, and get drunk and argue. <laughs> like in the best possible way. Yeah, yeah. You know, like about um, all sorts of topics. You know, like... Uh, because he's an atheist and I'm a theist, mm. you know, like I don't know, I'm not a specific religion or anything like that. But um, so you can imagine that that argument can go on. <laughs> that's a Forever. that's a good couple of nights of mm. uh, argument. And um, But we covered all sorts of uh, topics, but it was great to, um, you know, have a battle of, battle of the wits with Mr. Minchin. He was, yeah, a lot he, of fun. He's very uh, well-spoken. Well-read uh, man, too. Very well-read. Yeah, yeah. I was, this podcast I was listening to, which anyone who's listened to this will know I listen to regularly called You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. Pete okay. Holmes is a um, stand-up comedian who's come from a background of deep faith. So you can oh, imagine really? that okay. him sitting down with well, Tim Well, most Minchin. fucked up people do come from a place <laughs> of deep faith, it's, which is quite strange. Yeah. Like how so many when you, you know, like when you meet sort of um, through life, when you meet sort of really kind of uh, messed up people, mm. heaps of them have come from some sort of religious background 
more so in America, funnily enough, because in America there's very, there's very much a divide of going, you're either a, a devout Christian or you are serving Satan. Yeah. Like, there's no in-between with them. Yeah. Like, it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to join Motley Crue or I'm going to go to church every Sunday. You know, like, while Australia, we're much looser with our religious beliefs. Like, Australia's very common. The, the most common thing Australians say is, uh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in church. Mm. And I don't go to church. You know, or I believe in something. You know what I mean? But I, you know what I mean? Like, so, so a sort of theism is quite... Um, and it's a very private topic, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's... Um, but. Uh, a lot of Australians believe in either God or a concept of God or something, but don't go to church, mm. which I think is a pretty healthy way to be, just quietly. Like, but Americans, it's a whole, it's a whole different kettle of fish. It's sort of like you either buy into the whole, um, you know, I'm I'm religious with a capital R, or I'm not with a capital N. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. It's it's sort of like how they how they have that that that. There's an incredible puritanism in America, but also incredible hardcore pornography mm. at the same time. Yeah, well, yeah. we don't really have, you know, like you don't hear about porno being made in Australia. No, it's you know what I mean. You just don't. You don't hear like, oh yeah, what a big porn nation we are. We're just, <laughs> we're just not. Like, you know what I mean? It's. I think it would be quite jarring to watch pornography with an Australian with an Australian accent. accent. It could be kind of kooky, couldn't it? Yeah. You'd just be, yeah, you'd felt like you knew them or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes, and we have descended. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of what I talk about with people in here is what they believe, what they you know, right. okay. um, what 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 they think is life is all about. Yeah. And in doing that, why they've chosen the path that they've chosen. Yeah. We've kind of gotten to it a little bit earlier than usual, but fuck, that's fine with me. Yeah, I love cool. talking about this sort of shit. Yeah. And I would. I'm very curious to know where you do stand in that because you say. And feel free that we don't have to go there if you don't want to. We can go to. wherever you want and um, I'll answer you. Cool. And also, if there's anything that you do say that you want me to cut out afterwards, Not just at all. let me know. I don't think so. I don't, have, I don't think I've got anything to, to hide and I don't think anything appalling will come out of my mouth. That is, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do an Eddie Maguire. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be... There'll be no casual racism or... You know what I mean? I don't, I'm, I'm if we're of, going racist, we're going all the way Yeah, we're racist. going full tilt boogie if we're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, lost my train of thought. Uh, the, well, let's talk about trains. How's this for a theory with music? Because we were talking about music. Mm. I've got a theory that, well, not so much a theory. It's probably just a fact, actually. But so many um, songs, obviously country and western songs, but a lot of songs I think of as um, as a train ride. Mm. You, know, you get on the train, like there's the rhythm of the train. You get on the train, stuff happens in, in the carriages, and then you get off the train and the train keeps going. And mm. that's kind of a classic song structure for me in a kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Like it starts off chuka 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 chuka, whatever it might be. You know, like like um, you know, with the the cassettes say in um, you know, are you going to be my girl jet song? You know, where it's like that chuka 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 chuka, and then dun dun dun. Then you're on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff happens on the train. Then you get off the train. Like, and I just think of a lot of songs have a, a rhythm of a train. Obviously, mm. jazz. We were talking about jazz earlier, but uh, jazz not so much. That that can be. Um, it can be the case. But it also obviously could not be the case when you get into your crazy John Zorn torture garden or something, which is just like almost unlistenable for mine. John Zorn, I don't know if you've ever heard torture garden. This no, is like because I'm I was I grew up with punk rock big time and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, and I can handle a lot of alternative alternative sort of sounds and ways of looking at music. But John Zorn torture garden, if you ever hear it, it's honestly it's almost unlistenable. It is so <laughs> intense, right? It's really harsh, and yeah. this is jazz, and you're just going. 
wow. Like, just all over the place. It's full on. Like, it's just screaming. You know, mm. it's, oh, it's really, oof. Yeah, I couldn't do too much of it. There's a Japanese group called Soil and Pimp Sessions. They're oh, okay. pretty, um, pretty intense there's as a well. Title. There's a title for a band. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's one that uh, Nick showed me actually in New York called The Bad Plus. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you know them. They're no. pretty um, intense, although I'm imagining not quite as intense as what you're describing. Right. Uh, but they're cool. They do these weird kind of um, fusion almost of... Um, some rock songs and like chariots of fire and these sort okay. of and they just take it they down. mash it up yeah, yeah. right yeah. it's really cool yeah. um do you see faith as like a train ride in that in a similar sort faith of faith as in like as in like as in when we're talking religious faith or mm. that sort of thing as a train ride mm. no I, it's a magical mystery tour for mine right um like uh, like I say, it's, it's such an incredibly personal thing. But I but I am utterly convinced that there is such a thing as mind, body, and spirit. Mm. I think that there really are those three things, and that you actually have to uh, feed those three aspects of your you know personality. But one, but it's funny that you mention this, and that we're mentioning music at the same time. I know that I'm in an all right place if I'm listening to lots of music. If I'm interested in music, I know that I'm not in a great place if I'm not caring much about music or looking forward to playing some music when I get home or excited about going to Gravel Records and buying a new record. Mm. You know, like if, if I'm in that state of wanting music, I know psychically and emotionally, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm in a reasonably good place mm. because I notice when everything's all turning to shit. Um, suddenly music starts to fall by the wayside and I'm not, just not listening to it or I'm not as engaged with it as much. So I, therefore, I, I, my presumption from that is, is that music truly is good for you mm. and, is re and really is good for the soul and is speaking to places that nowhere else can speak. May I pose a question to you? Please. Um, do you think there's something in that because music so profoundly speaks to your soul? Because I have a similar experience to you where if I'm feeling like shit, I don't want to listen to music. Mm. And I think it's because it touches that part of my soul. And when I'm... That you're trying to protect at the time. I'm trying to protect. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Got it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the thing of, um, of when you're... Um, or even when you meet another person who's... Say you meet someone and they're really rude to you or really mean. That One of the things I've found the older I've got is there tends to be some big reason for that. Mm. You know, like there's something's going on. Like, because it's very hard to meet somebody who's just an asshole. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there tends to be some big reason that somebody's acting in that way. So you have to just sort of go, uh, let's just give them some space and see what's going on before, you know, you don't just go like, well, they're just an asshole. Yeah. Like something, you don't know what's just happened to them. You know what I mean? So mm. I tend to be much more um, sort of, you know, forgiving and give space to people um, as far as their... Um, you know, attitudes in day-to-day -day life go. Like mm -hmm. if somebody, you know, screams at you over nothing, if, if, the, if it's so out of proportion, something's out of proportion or wrong in their life, mm. tends to be, you mm -hmm. know. And so you, and like, as you say, like with, um, you know, where you protect your soul, or, or we, we try and protect all of the vulnerable parts of ourselves. You know, boys try to be a bit bravado-y when they're actually quite insecure and, mm -hmm. and you, you know, and you cover up your soul when it's feeling particularly delicate or, or small or, the, you know, mm -hmm. the little, little flame inside you is not flickering as brightly as it might be. Yeah. You, um, yeah, you don't want it examined. You know, it's like, it's like that thing of going when somebody asks you how you are, Lord knows you don't want to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and also the person who's asking generally doesn't really want to know either. Yeah. You know, it's very much a how are you? Good. 
That's the answer. No matter what's going on, you go, I'm good. I'm good. Mm. You know? And it's interesting that, um, I don't know if this was on, if this if we were recording when you mentioned this about um, this life we've chosen, this this kind of, um, you know, the artistic life, which is a, is probably the least secure profession or one of the least secure maybe pearl divings slightly i don't know but um but certainly um the artistic um uh, pursuit is a very insecure profession mm. and so you know like um we try to cling to anything that's secure you know it's it's it, it, it makes sense and especially a jazz musician there's a great quote um, quote a great joke which is what's the definition of an optimist a jazz oboist with a pager <laughs> right, which is because it, you know it's 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 you don't know where the gigs are coming from and yeah. going back to faith one of the main things you have to have in this life is a lot of faith that something will turn up that work will come mm. because it, you know like when you finish a job you always sort of think well that's it it's never i'm never getting another gig i'm never it's never gonna happen like that was you know that was i've had a good run mm. and now it's over but and I, and I remember thinking that from day one of starting in this kind of life you just sort of think well i've had my little shot you know mm-hmm. and nothing that's it but funnily enough i've got this other this strange theory that um you know noticing that i've, I've tended to always be in work you know in whatever sort of area it might be i've got this strange theory that in life you tend to get what you want you actually do tend to get what you want so like if if what you want is to be x you will tend to get it like it's a, it's a it's a strange thing like um no idea how or why that works mm. but um funnily enough you tend to get what you aim for it's kind of like the be the change you want to see in the world be the change you want to see in the world it's a different kind of if you are what you want then you will get it um I'll have to think a bit longer and harder on that one. It's a weird connection. Um, be the change that you want to be. I get sense of that, of going like, you know, if you want to be, um, so you know, as in like the... So if you want the, to be if you want to be a filmmaker, yeah, be a filmmaker. Be a filmmaker. And you will be go, a filmmaker. Go and make them. Yeah, go and make the films, then you are a filmmaker. Oh, yeah, very much so. Well, I remember that um, really... I remember making a vow to myself when I very first left acting school going, right, from now on I will only work in showbiz. So I will only... Write, direct, act, etc. You know, like because if I'm working as a waiter, I'm a waiter. Mm-hmm. You know, you are what you do, right? And I've and I've stuck by that. Like I've never taken another kind of. I remember making job, the same. You know, same and I just went and and it's worked. You know, like it's a tough one. There's going to be tough times, but I just went. If I'm a waiter, I'm a waiter. I'm not an actor. Mm. You know, it's like an actor acts. A writer writes. Like one of the best sentences ever is a writer writes mm. because it's so easy to not write. There's nothing easier in the world than to not write. <laughs> Like that is the easiest thing in the world, yeah. and you can find a billion reasons not to write. So just before I came here today, I've just been having to write. You know, like you've got to actually sit at the thing and write. You know what I mean? So you can't. Like a it's great you can think about it and like what you're gonna write, but that doesn't mean anything until you actually write. That means you're a thinker. That's right. That means you're a contemplator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a procrastinator. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like a really awesome segue. I mean, a lot of the people who've come on here, I've sat down and done my inverted commas again research and um you're the first person that i haven't been able to find an origin story for and by that i mean like where you've come from and how you've kind of come into oh right this mode of existence so i'd love to hear your oh okay well it's sort of a kooky one well a kooky one in that 
it's a slightly less travelled path, I think, in that, um, you know, with all the other people that I know who have got into acting and all that kind of stuff, in that um, I came from uh, Canberra, firstly, Air Force parents' background, uh, very working class background, um, public school and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't know any actors or any show business, anything. Like, that's complete alien world to me. And then um, at university, I tacked on drama on the end, you know, mm. basically, I don't know why, and did. And it started going well. And then I just kept following, and I followed it. And then and people said, oh, you should audition for acting school. And I auditioned for acting school. And then basically kept going. But um, but it felt very alone. Like in that I didn't know, I really didn't know anyone. And I didn't know major cities. You know, I didn't know Sydney and I didn't know Melbourne. So I didn't have any connections anywhere. Um uh, so, so in that way, I found I, I haven't found I haven't met many people that that was the case that mm. just didn't know it. You know what I mean? Like didn't mm-hmm. um, go down that Had go no down reference points. Have any reference points? Yeah, yeah, it was totally that. Like when I got to acting school, I was just like, truly, I know nothing. Like mm. absolutely nothing. You know, so I really had to um, really had to listen and learn. You know, because it was it was just absolutely alien to me. Mm. You know, and also like I felt like actors weren't my people, yeah. my natural people. Do you know what I mean? And in some ways, I still do in in a way. Like um, like I, I was just sort of you know like they were sort of like you know oh you know the, um, I don't know how to put it, but sort of you're certainly floral, outside of the mold. Floral. They were sort of floral. You know, like oh, I just love acting, and I was just like, yeah, I like it. Do you, I, I don't know. It just it just I just felt different too. It's an energetic. Incongruence, sort of, yeah, or something, just, yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of struggled with that not fitting in thing. Mm. I mean, I think I sort of always have it. I mean, I think it's a little bit of that Groucho don't want to be part of a club that would let me in as a club <laughs> yeah, yeah. member kind of thing. <laughs> I think I've always had that a bit, and I always sort of, um, you know, bristle a little bit at being put in any kind of mm. what you know, because there's that thing, there, there's that funny thing in society too, where um, actors aren't real people mm. in that you know they go like yeah yeah but they're an actor yeah. as if that they you know you can't have a an opinion or a yeah. or a you or know a that you're just not part of the real world that you're in the ether somewhere that you yeah, don't actually yeah. pay tax and and go to work and do all the other things while it's an unusual job mm. it's still a job and yeah. you're still part of society but it's sort of um it's interesting that it's just sort of you know it's just sort of considered outside of of, of normal working life mm. and like when you're doing all of those forms when it says what do you do it's always under other yeah you know what i mean like because it's going management this that whatever it might be it's always other i just mm. had to do it again today some form you know and it was like other <laughs> <laughs> you know my profession is other other yeah yeah and it's funny to jump back to america we're talking before about the polarizing thing, but then you go to entertainment, you go to Los Angeles, and yeah. suddenly you've, it feels like I'm not sure if you've had this experience, but it feels valid to be an artistic career person. Yeah, yes and no, I would argue. No? I'll tell you the place where I, 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 where you go, oh my God, wow, how they treat actors, France. Really? Oh, they just go like, you know, like here you sort of, they go, what are you doing? You go, oh, yeah, I'm an 
actor. Mm. You know, it's sort of like you sort of say it kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. And because then they're like, what have you been in? And then you'll name, you know, and there's nothing worse than naming things you've been in. <laughs> you just feel like a dick. Yeah. And then they go, nah, haven't seen it, haven't seen it, haven't seen it. Have you met Tom Cruise? You know? Yeah. But, um, but in, in France, if you say you're an actor, it's like, wow, that's a really honored profession. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, it's, and, and, you, and you don't feel less than. Mm. Just by saying it. Not that you feel more than, but you don't feel less than. You just go like, okay, you know, that's just, that's as if you said I'm a carpenter mm. or whatever. Well, in LA, I mean, the LA experience as far as acting goes is fascinating to me because um, I've done, I've gone over there like, you know, like um, I was hot for, you know, this little, this bit and I, I'd got a, um, a pilot and I, but it happened at, um, you know, talk about excruciating timing when the writer's strike was on and uh. so it fell over. But I'd got the pilot, right? Wow. And so I'm, they're flying me over, then they're not flying me over and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, then they flew me over and I had to test for absolutely everything. So you're just going through the machine. I was just doing thousands and thousands of tests. And sometimes you get further along, other times you don't. And mm. da, 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 da. But it is such a machine. Like it's just such a kind of unbelievable machine. You know, like it's so, um, it's such a huge industry. And and the and the and the way they go about it too is the, the the main lesson I learned, especially friends who have made it and are really successful over there, and other ones who have almost made it, um, and and even seeing the whole ride is, the basic rule is they will fuck you until they can't, right? <laughs> yeah. So that friends of mine where they will be in a major picture, say with like Brad Cooper or someone like that, right? Yep. And he'll be on seven million bucks. And they will be number two on the on the star ticket on the on the film. In the billing. And yeah, and mm. they'll be on seven thousand dollars. For for the whole show. Yep. Just let that sink in for a moment. Seven thousand. Like you just go, I couldn't believe it. You know, I you I'm going That's madness. That's madness. Do you know what I mean? I just go, that's just like it's such a sort of insult. Like, I yeah. mean seven thousand means nothing to them. And to go, he's on seven million, and you're on seven. Because when he said, "How much do you think I'm on?" I went, "Oh, I don't know, a million? He went, no, "Please, no, no, keep going, keep going, keep going." And I thought seventy thousand, and I thought that's really that's you know an Australian would get that mm. on an Aussie film, and that's only okay money, you know, mm-hmm. seven grand. Like, and this is regular. And then other other mates who are stars too, you know, doing indie films, basically where they pay to be in it, yeah, and stuff like that. Where you're just going. The American industry is savage. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's really brutal. Like, here, you know, like, you at least know that you're going to get paid. Mm. You know, it may not be a heap. You know, and sometimes it's all right. But it's never going to be mega, mega. Mm. But it's also, you know, there's, 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 there, there's no floor. Like, at least we have a floor. Yeah, right. They might not have a ceiling, but they don't have a floor. <laughs> you know right. It's just it's incredible. Kind of the wild west. Oh, really? Absolutely, it is. It's really uh, intense. And you have to say how much you're charging before you walk into the screen test, too. You have to say how you much you're charging. You have to say charging. what your fee is, yeah. Right. Which is pretty amazing. So you your, go, your friend I'm, said $7,000. Well, they go like, well, what they do is on their budget, they go like, okay, so here's our star, that's he's $10 million or whatever. And then we can have three $50,000 actors, we can have four $7,000 actors, and we can have, you know, whatever. Mm. And so that's what they do. So they go, let's see all the $50,000 actors. Well, let's see all the, you know, which is, it's just business, business. You know, it's really That's hard. It's mental. It is. It's amazing. It is mind-blowing yeah. and boggling at it, the same time. It is. Yeah. Um, so let's rewind just a little bit. Yeah, totally. Um, That's not that interesting, really, but yeah. Oh, I think it's fascinating it uh, to see a different side of things yeah. um, and to understand the intricacies of something that you don't necessarily understand. But I'm more interested uh, in 
do you remember the first time that you entertained people or that you you know as a child right you got that feedback and yeah absolutely. then you reconnected to that when you were at university yeah well funnily enough it was primary school and um it was one of those ones which is i think so often the case with uh, all endeavors of life that one great teacher yep and it was that one great teacher his name was mr howe and we did a play called the monster that ate canberra which was this <laughs> yeah political it was like a, it was a kids book but a political satire yeah. and i played uh, the prime minister i played malcolm fraser um i wore a kilt and rode a skateboard in the play and um and it was a huge success and it toured and all you know i mean this just started at our primary school and um anyway it toured and it was a really big success and it was and just had a ball and you know kissed girls backstage too which mm. you know that sort of stuff um so it was just uh sorry how old were you oh only what nine or something ten kissing girls backstage yeah yeah it's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah i know well, like, you know it was almost uh, twice that big before shout I out to super tell i still remember her name <laughs> um <laughs> um but um but no it was just awesome you know adventure Mm. And it was just, yeah, really dug it. And then um, high school, I didn't really do it because it was musicals and I've never been a particularly uh, big fan of musicals. So mm. I left that alone and then um, picked it up again at uni. Mm. And so when you came out of uni, what was the journey to getting your first telly gig? Say? Uh, well, funnily enough, a lot of, well, a lot of my career actually, which started straight away, was... Um, a lot of it is what you say no to as much as what you say yes to. Yeah, right. So one of the first things I got offered was, um, I don't know if you remember the show, there was a comedy company, was mm-hmm. a, a show. And, um, and I thought at the time, I thought, oh, look, if I join the, because co- I got asked to join the comedy company, and, and I thought, oh, if I join that, I'll just be, they'll just think I'm just like, you know, a kind of wacky comedian or, mm. or whatever. And I, but I said, oh, look, I'll write for you. I'll write sketches. And they said, yeah, that's fine. Cool. Cool. So I did that. So I wrote for them. Um, but I didn't do the show, um, and then and then I then I got a job. Um, oh, then I did a bunch of plays, did lots of you know like MTC and mm. um, uh, some independent productions and da da da. All you know that, that was all really exciting. That was really cool. Like just you know getting paid to act, especially when you yeah, just yeah. started out, is really exciting. Um, and then I did this show, which just turned out to be one of those like oh my god. Uh, it's like an it's a notorious show which you may or may not have heard of called Chances, right? Which was like in I think it was in about nineteen ninety. Anyway, I went in and the, and um, I auditioned for it. And the premise was was you know this working class family win the lottery, um, and oh you know interesting changes and blah, blah, blah you know they sell it so it sounds sort of interesting. Mm. And it was just this appalling soap, right? <laughs> and um, and it was so bad. And we knew pretty quick, like it went south pretty quick. Mm. And um, and I I just wanted out. I got out on a legal technicality. Like after, I got out pretty quick. Like I'm just trying to think how long I did it for. Maybe a year. Maybe not even that long. But um, they had to let me know in writing. You know that they were renewing my contract or whatever. Mm. And um, and they hadn't. So I went. I remember turning up. Um to see the producer and I presumed I was getting the sack because all of the characters around me had been flicked like my sister my mother my daughter my wife systematically all the women around me my character wise were all being knocked off right Right. and I thought oh beauty I'm next you know so I turned up dressed all head to toe in white with a bottle of Southern Comfort I was you know slugging on that and I took my sister in to take photos of me getting the sack because I thought it was funny you know yeah and I went into the producer's office and uh, and he said oh look you'll be happy to know that we're um, keeping you on (laughs) 
<laughs> and my sister got the photo of me going, no, but like literally going with just the horror, you know. And I said, I'm out. Like, because look, I've already signed a contract for this play and da 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 da. So I got out of that one. But that was, um, but that was a lesson in, in, um, that sort of sausage factory telly. Yeah. It was like, and it was, I mean, there was, and it was, it was an awesome cast in there. Like, there was lots of great actors in it, but it was just horrible. It was just, you're at a factory making crap. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And you're just going, oh, and I was spending the money badly. You know, I wasn't like being a particularly healthy boy. I was following some pursuits that some jazz musicians in the past have followed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't being my best friend. Mm. Um, but so I got out of that. Um, I got out of that as you know, pretty as, as quick as I could, basically. Mm. So that was my first experience. Yeah. What was, um, you know, there's a lot of actors and film, you know, anyone really artistic. Yeah. When they come out of school, really struggle yeah. to get a job, let alone yeah. find jobs, work straight away mm. that then propel them to a reasonably sustained career yeah and you've been working pretty solidly for 25 yeah 25, 30 years yeah, 25 yeah. um what do you think do you think there was something in that that when you left drama school maybe being a bit less floral if i may use your words uh, i think that helped funnily enough oh, well i just think and i think that's i think i think being like oh you know, I don't want to just say a heterosexual male, but a heterosexual male in some ways has helped mm. because uh, in my year that 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 wasn't that common. Yeah. Um, and also, I think that's one of the reasons Australian male actors are doing so well in Hollywood, is of just like sort of blokey, you know, rusty crow and blokes that are like blokes. You know, mm. like I think that's not that I don't think I don't think I'm a particularly blokey bloke, but um, I think that helps, or I think that has helped. Although I played, I mean, I played lots of gay guys and stuff as well, you know, like, I mean, and all sorts of, you know, covered the gamut. But that's, I think that's probably helped in, a, in some sort of way, you know, mm. like, particularly when you go, you know, a white Australian, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's more mm. roles for white Australian men than there are for yeah. any other group. Mm. So um, uh, I'm sure that's, you know, sort of part of it. You don't um, seem like you're particularly attached to anything as well. To any particular sense. job, yeah, no, that yeah, absolutely. Or and any I've, and I've quite of deliberately that. done that. I've actually, I've, I've actually, I remember making a decision really early on to um, pretty much avoid publicity as much as I can, because I, I know just reading magazines and papers how quickly I get sick of someone's head. Mm. Like even if it's a mate, I just, I'm just like, oh, do, can, do, really? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Again, and you know, like, and those ones where it goes, oh, look at my house. You know, like, come and look at my house. Right. That's. <laughs> I remember one time I was so tempted because they asked me, can we come and do a, at Reese's house, right? I was living with like a prostitute and a drug addict in this slum. Yeah. And I was like, oh, please come over and check this out. That would have been like, fascinating. It would have been awesome. Like it would have been so funny because they just would have freaked out and said no. Yeah. But it would have just been hilarious, you know, just to, you know, like it, this was like a bad house. Tell me know? about that. It was, I know, it was pretty, it was in Maroubra actually in Sydney. I mean, she was a lovely chick and all that kind of stuff, you know, but she just happened to be a prostitute and the guy was a drug dealer. And, and well, because I'd moved in with a mate and then, and it just sort of became a group house. Yeah. And then, but then he moved out and then I ended up, I'm just with them. You know what I mean? And so I was just in this group house and it was a, um, a, a pretty rough and ready sort of house, you know. Not that I was there that much because when, when I was filming, it was really long hours and it was just where I basically slept. But, but to do an at home, <laughs> you know oh god that would have because but also i just went 
I've never seen one of those at homes where I didn't just go, I hate you. Yeah. And I hate your house. <laughs> and I hate your shiny little life. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it just something really blur fake really horrible about it and and because it's something about you know like there's that thing on facebook where everybody's life's just perfect and happy look at me at the beach and look how happy i am with my kids and my sausage legs you know like i'm just everything's wonderful Mm. and you're just going bullshit you know you don't see kind of like you know the bottle of gin crying in the bathtub photos you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like facebook is so full of of shit yeah you know well that's what i mean it's it's a a significance reach or a significance grab for people that to go you look amazing yeah you know your life looks incredible like i like i like so much oh i like what you've done with your hair you know Mm. and you just don't see all of the other stuff like my lord you know life's a little bit more than uh happy facebook photos Mm. yeah so anyway, so that and that's the sort of feeling I have with most of that publicity too, because mm. it's I mean, and generally publicity because you're going, you're talking about some job and you're going like, well, the job kind of explains itself really. I mean, of course you want to get people to go and see a show and and do all that sort of stuff, but um, it can be hard. Like it's like with with house husbands, right? Which is like a you know it's a pretty light sort of show. It's just about some husbands there's no giant drama happening it's like so what's happening with your character this year well I have a wife and um, we argue occasionally and then we take the kids to school and um, that's pretty much it you know what I mean and there's there's some amusing moments in between all of that like Mm. there's nothing what do you sort of say about it I don't know it's fun the cast are nice to work with of course they are Mm. but you're not getting I'm not you're not going to be getting fed any sort of fascinating insights into the human condition no. in an interview about house husbands. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, so it's not a not an easy interview to do, that one. You mm. always want to just talk about something else. Let's just, you know, muck around. Anyway. Like talk about faith or your prostitute faith. housemates. That's right, exactly. Yeah. That's why you come here. That's right. Come here to into the closet to you know, <laughs> keep it on the down low. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you did chances. I had a look on your... IMDb you did pretty oh, much yeah. a guestie on most of the shows in the early nineties. Everything, yeah. and then um, I did two on um, I did two on uh, Blue Healers. Mm. One where I was a pedophile, and one where I was a smack dealer. Right. Yeah, they got me on twice. Not the same character. Nah, different character. Long hair enough. in one and short hair in the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you land a show called. Fuck. Sorry. All right. Just referring to my notes. I wonder what it was. You land a show called Big Sky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a longer-running show. Yeah, that know, was two years. Yeah, Two years. Yeah. I'd imagine that was the sort of... That was a turning point in terms of your notability as an, as an actor in Australia? I don't know. No? Like, I never know that. Because, I mean, you sort of... Fame is a funny little thing. It just sort of goes up and down. Like, it just honestly... It just goes... Sometimes you're famous and you have no idea why. Like everybody suddenly, you're that guy. Yeah. And often they don't even know why, off from what. But they'll be like, you're that guy, you're that guy. And then there's other times when it's like, nah, you know what I mean? Like nobody, nothing. And then it'll suddenly you'll be famous again. But it, it doesn't correlate like to what you've done. Like right. it's really, um, it's strange. I mean, there's, there's, there's places where you'll get noticed more like shopping centers, is, you know, that's more likely in a lot of ways. Mm. But, um, but generally over my life of just any kind of profile, no matter what, it's been it totally is just like a wave of you know mm. sometimes you're famous and sometimes you're not mm. you know but it's yeah 
How do you find navigating that? I'm not. A, I'm really used to it now. Like it's just. Um, you just be polite, and because I mean, like the and there's, I don't find any difficulty with it because people are um, Aussies tend to either just leave you alone, which is just fine, or they go, "Hey, can I get a photo?" And you go, "Yeah, no worries." Mm. Like, and that's it. Like, people are just nice. You know what I mean? Like, I, I haven't had anybody throw any punches at me or any go like you, <laughs> or any telephones. You whack, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the only weird one is is when like at a nightclub or something like that, where if somebody wants a photo. And then suddenly tons of people come up wanting a photo, not even knowing who you are. Yeah. Just because somebody took a photo <laughs> of you, therefore they must all get photos of you just in case you're someone. Mm. You know, that's kind of a bit whack. And you're just going, really? You know, are you sure? Yeah. You know, like, there's that. Oh, and the other, and the other, the other pitfall too is getting your photo taken in a nightclub, which A, looks like you're fucking the chick that you're getting the photo taken with, and B, that you're like just off your chops in a nightclub, just like, you know, when you're both not. Of, both of these have happened to you. <laughs> they, those incidents, they have occurred. I have got in trouble with with uh, partners over that. Mm. You know? But you just go, really, no. you know. So children, if you're listening and yeah. you're wanting to become an actor, yes, it's a big lesson right there. There it is. Yeah. Um, Don't get your photo taken in nightclubs if you can help it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the first time when you went on that fame trajectory and people did start asking you for photos and Oh yeah, but mainly I saw that it was crap mm. because <coughs> excuse me. Um I was do I think it was doing for publicity for something early on that I'd done and I and I realized that they would just, you know, that people just wanted photos or whatever, just because I'd been on the telly. Mm-hmm. And so you're just going, well, that's not the greatest achievement in the history of the world, no. just to have been on telly. Mm. So it's a box in their lounge room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you know, you know, they're watching you, on the, and you go, yes, that, yep, I have been on the telly. So I don't really, you, you're, you, you know, you're a curiosity to a person. You're going like you were on the telly, and now you're standing next to them. So you're just sort of like a, a weird curio of like going, like, oh, look, I'd, there's a spider that I've never seen before. I'll take a photo of that. Yeah. Um, the, you know, that's a person off the telly. I'll take a photo of that. So I don't like, I think as far as um, meaning goes, I think it's almost entirely meaningless. Mm. I mean, the, I mean, the, the funny thing is, and which I'm guilty of too, I know like when there's somebody like a mate, like with amazing talent, like say, say, especially like, I mean, going back to us talking about jazz, where there's jazz musicians that are, to jazz nuts are just gods, right? Mm-hmm. And the general public won't even know who they are, right? Yeah, yeah. And you'll see them and go, oh my God, it, you know, whatever, who Dale Barlow for argument's sake or someone like that, right? And you just go, he's so, or Alan Brown got RIP, passed away recently, great jazz drummer, mm. and who general public won't know at all, but you're just going like, ah, 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 ah. but I so know the feeling because you just want to be near the flame of their genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with some strange mystical hope that it'll rub off on you a little bit, you know? Yep. Like it's a it's a funny thing. It's like um, I've had the opportunity to meet um, Nick Cave a bunch of times. Oh, wow. He's been like right next to me and all that. And I'm a big Nick Cave fan, you know, I find him fascinating. Like he's a, sometimes he shits me to tears, but other times mm-hmm. he's I find him incredible, you know, and I'm quite an amazing sort of uh, musical journey and, and life journey. Yeah. And... Um, and I've and I've had the chance to meet, and I've just gone. I just can't do it. I don't even know where to start. Right. Like, what do you say? I just go. I've got all of your records. Do you know what I mean? You just feel like a complete dick, you know. And let, yeah. Like I, I would, I would hope to meet him, like at a dinner party or something like that, where you can just, 
where it can naturally happen mm. rather than you feel like you're just going, oh, hey, Nick, I'm Reese. Um, oh, did that song mean what I think it meant? Or whatever your dumb question's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I kind of, you know, leave it alone. When it's somebody that I look up to that much, and there's also that saying of don't meet your heroes just in case they're going to be, you know, a nightmare. Yep. You know, but... Um, so yeah, you know, fame's a it's a yeah it's a it's a it's a very strange thing, and and re- and like really uber famous people, like say Kate Blanchett, who I know she's a friend anyway, mm. but she still glows. Really famous people kind of glow. Mm. It's hard to describe. Like they're like on that that re- that level on that level of fame, like they just sort of hum energy hums off mm. them. It's kind of amazing. Getting tingles. It really does. Like, and it's not just I, uh, you know. That's that you. Some, there's something going on. It's really weird. It's Do you think just, it's a, uh, an empowerment that comes from being so certain in who you are and what you're doing? The, yeah, or maybe in a you know weird sort of spooky kind of way, all of the um, all of the energy that people have poured into them. Do you mm, know what I mean? Like just yeah, yeah, just yeah. from the world. Do you know what I mean? Like of going, they look at everything they do. They, you know, study their dress. How do they move? How do they drink a cup of tea? What do they, you know what I mean? Like, how do they function in the world when you're on that kind of plane mm. of, of sort of fame? Oh, being know? under that much scrutiny would under that not much be scrutiny, exactly. a way I want to live. Yeah, yeah. But I think what you're saying, or what I'm hearing is, like everything in life, things have the meaning that the person gives them, that you give them. Yeah, um, sort of like dreams. Yeah, you know, a dream means what you think it means. <laughs> well, I think I think the cosmic joke is that everything is actually meaningless, and that everyone as an individual makes it mean something to them based on their experience. Yeah, often. I mean, it's it's like that argument that in a novel, uh, every character is the author. Mm. You know, there's that that argument, um, or aspects of, or whatever. Yeah, you could. Have. But I don't. I don't think. Every, I, I would disagree that everything's meaningless. I don't think it is. I don't mean that in a um, existential kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean that in a in a negative like. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like I mean that for me, more of in an empowering way. Like I want to make stuff mean amazing things. I want to make things mean really um, profound and deep and loving things. Yeah, and I think everyone has the power to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and and it's that funny thing too of um, where. You know, I would argue that art's job is to to reveal, not obfuscate. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's to it's to show. It's not to cover up and be clever. It's like with um, you know, with whether it's music or whether it's you know acting or, or any of the arts. It's it's to reveal. It's not to go look at how brilliant my technique is. It's like no. with um, it's like with singing. You know, with R and B singing at the moment, which shits me to tears. Yeah. Is that is that that vocal showing off where it's not serving the song, uh-huh. where it's just like, look how many trills I can fit into that bit of it, you know, or that many bars or whatever. I just go that you're not serving the song in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. That's why your Johnny Cash is a god. Yep. Because he sing, he makes it sound like he wrote every bit of it in blood. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Every mm-hmm. song he sings, Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. she sings it just so straight and yep. so simple. Like her version of "I Will Love You," "I'll Always Love You," that breaks me in half like while Whitney Houston's you know <laughs> R.I.P but yeah. it has nothing on Dolly's because Dolly sounds like it's a human singing it, singing it. Mm. do you know what I mean and so like um, 
while you know of course there's a place for like show off singing and whatever but for me personally i it's um i like the i like it human the tr- the truthfulness you mm-hmm. know just the the truth it's like where you go Dylan's a terrible singer, but you still listen. Yeah, yeah. You know, or Lou Reed's not what you would call a great singer, no. but you, man, you listen to Big Lou, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you're listening to a storyteller and you're listening to, you know, their truth, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So, um, Springsteen. Spring, yeah, well, see, I, I, I hate to I lose your, your Springsteen now on me. Really? Yeah, but I've I think got it's a few all of them. Bells and whistles. I, well, no, no, no. I don't have an issue with him. It's just that I don't get him. You like, don't it's just, it's yeah, just, right. a, it's like, and the other one's Neil Young. Right. Like all of my mates, like they worship Neil Young, right? mm. and I go, "That's fine," and I don't think he's crap. It just doesn't speak to me. Yeah, like yeah for yeah. some reason, his voice, Springsteen doesn't. You two don't. You know, there's a few of them where I just go, "Sorry, you, Metallica." You know, Meta- well, they've got a couple of funny songs, <laughs> but I'm not a Metallica fan. But um, um, yeah, like I say, I don't think they're crap. Yeah. It's just that it doesn't speak to me. So, you know. And isn't it funny the need to kind of justify your opinion? In Absolutely. That as well? Oh no, look, I get it. Being a music like nut and snob, you know, like I am, I'm a bit rock police. You yeah, know? but I don't. Th- you know, it's just it is what it is. You like something, I like something. Yeah, but I still also think there is such a thing as shit. I agree with that. You know, there are things. There's music that is just crap, and that's when it's self-serving. I think, like what you're saying, and I think that's true of any art. Is self-serving art is not really art. It's and where it's shit, just, it's deliberately manipulating. Yeah. Like it's it's manipulating you to just buy it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like as, rather than actually giving anything. Yeah. You know, it's sort of. I yeah. mean, it should always be about the story, the writer, the audience. You know, the the art should never be about the individual. Mm. Um, because it is, you know, it should be a reflection of society or a commentary on and, something. And also it's kind of once you've made it, it's not yours anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not yours anymore. It's out there. Mm. It's, it's other people's. It's not for you to, you know, mm. to claim, you know. I mean, you go, yeah, I helped it. <laughs> I helped it I helped it out. Mm. I mean, that's interesting, like, you know, making it, having made a couple of records and watching how a song grows mm-hmm. and when it suddenly is its own thing, right? And you're just chipping in now. You're just like helping build. You're just help. You're just one of the builders. Yeah. And then and it's its own thing. Like you know what I mean. And we and then you all just go like, look what we made. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, but it's it takes on its own thing. You know, like it's, it's it's the same as you know when we made Sweatshop. You know, but that started out as a very small brain fart in my head. Yeah. That then evolved into a film. That then evolved into a TV show. And before you know it, there's thirty people working with joining you, in. joining yeah. in, yeah, pushing this thing that is no longer your yeah. entitlement it's yeah, that, now yeah. a collective experience yeah that's right and they all own a piece of it yeah. you know what I mean like that's a funny thing yeah, yeah exactly I it's, yeah I know it's, it's, quite, it's quite incredible it's extraordinary and, uh, and, like, and, where, and where things start and where they end you know like I remember hearing a great thing by the Beatles where they were talking about I can't remember what the track was it was something like it was something pretty sort of psychedelic and it started off as a, like a, a Ronell's song or a, or a you know, it started off as a doo-wop song. Anyway, mm. they just started mucking around with a doo-wop song, and it turned into "I Am the Walrus" or right. whatever, wow. whatever it was. But it was yeah, one of those yeah. where you go, they just started off with a, you know, "She's so fine" or whatever it was. Even though that became "My Sweet Lord" and he got sued, <laughs> but whatever the song was, but started somewhere completely different, mm. and then they just kept changing it. But which was brilliant, like just to go. It also, says that thing of going, just start, and something will start to come. Mm-hmm. It just will. You know, yeah. you go like, let's just play, let's just play a B chord, and then just see what comes out of a B chord. Mm-hmm. Just muck around with it, you know, and see what happens. Well, there's yeah, there's something that I tell people, which you know, I'm 
just as guilty of not taking this advice as I am of giving yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when it comes to writing or anything, any creative endeavor, really, you got to get everything out to make space for new ideas. Yeah. Because I, I strongly believe that if you keep an idea in your head, especially a shit idea, yeah. it just stays stagnant in your head. Yeah, right. And if you get it out in on paper, even if you throw that you out... You have to look at it, yeah. Yeah, you can look at it, it can evolve, it'll spark a new idea, yeah. and suddenly there's this evolution process that takes place. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh, it'll change. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although I also, also, funnily enough, I find a lot of writing... I'll do a lot of writing in my head and then do it in a big go like yeah, in the, as yeah. in I'll, I'll plot it out in mm-hmm. my head do you know what I mean like I, like, and certainly the first sort of paragraph mm. you know what I mean as in the shape and then I'll just and then it'll come out pretty quick yeah you know what I mean I don't I don't tend to sort of just sort of doodle as I write I tend to like to have a bit of a plan mm. and then go and then go back and look at it you know yeah. yeah and you know I think everyone is going to have their own process and their own way of pushing through that but I think you know the most important thing is always going to be the output because like you say you're not a fucking writer if you're just thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I just had to do a really tough one because I've just been, um, I just did an interview with Tony Jones, you know, the host of Q&A yep. for um, the Saturday paper. And we did this interview and, it, and it's about three and a half thousand words at the moment. I've got to cull it to 800. <laughs> it's so hard. Like, yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm just going, you're just killing your kids. You know what I mean? There's so much gold in there and I'm just editing it and it's just like the harshest edit. Like, just like, oh, kill, 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 you know. But what? anyway, but that's it. One of the um, positive things, I guess, that can come from being a person in the public eye mm. is that you can have quite a profound voice and you're certainly not afraid to use that voice on things like Twitter yeah. and stuff like that to, you know... Um, that's Yeah, that's just force of will, though. <laughs> because, like, I just go... Especially with things like Twitter, right, where you go... You, firstly, you have to be ready for people to just go... Hey, play school guy, what the fuck would you know? Yeah. Right? Like, you have to be ready for that because that's uh-huh. going to happen. That's inevitable. But ultimately, if you're, if your um, ideas are worthy mm-hmm. and if your sentences are, you know, if they're well written and all that, they'll tend to stand up and people will start to notice. Do you know what I mean? Like, and because and, I don't write, like, um, I don't tend to, I don't write abusive things. I don't do that. I also don't, even though like I swear like a trooper in my life, mm. I don't swear on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it. Um, and um, it's about the idea. Because if the idea pings, because I, I, I also very much of the belief, I don't care where the idea comes from. If the idea is strong, it'll stand up. Yep. You know, Because I can remember a time when um, I even heard Pauline Hanson said something really smart. And I went, what? Do you know what I mean? Because it was just... Such a shock. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's right. She called Paradox. out at the time, she called out, I think it was the Indonesian Prime Minister for Corruption, right? Which nobody would mention it, but she did. Mm. And the fact is it was actually true. Huh. But of course it got no traction because she said it. You know what I mean? But yes. which, is a, which is a tricky thing. But you can't go, it's not true just mm-hmm. because she said it. You know what I mean? So so um, I think that, um, you know, truth or, or, um, or pertinent questions tend to stand... Mm. You know, and you can, and uh, no matter who says them, mm. ultimately, um, you know, you've got to be on your toes though, because you know, if you, you'll always have enemies, especially if you've got opinions, and um, and if you and if you fall over, they're ready to put the boot in, you know. Yeah. But but my main one is 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 um, I'm very much a believer in good manners, and so even if the, even if you're very strongly disagreeing with someone on on an issue on whatever it might be, you remain polite and you try and just stay on topic. 
and you don't go, well, you would say that because you're, you know what I mean? It's not like that. Mm. You know, so... Um, Nothing's personal. No, you try and... That's right. It shouldn't be personal. Mm. It should just be like... Because, you know, like ultimately you're trying to convince somebody of of an idea too. You yeah, know, yeah. You're not, you're, And you don't convince them by going, well, you're a wanker. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, you're not going to make many pals that way. No. You know, so yeah. Um, you threw out, you're the guy from play school. Yeah. Um, how did you kind of arrive at that? Because that's a oh, kind that's of just interesting... Bizarre. I don't know. It's an interesting left-hand turn. Well, was it ever? Like, um, I just they just asked me to audition for it. And um, What were you working on at the time? What was I working on at the time? Jeez, I might... Hmm, I might have just finished... I think I was doing a play. Maybe... Maybe a Shakespeare or something. Oh, I can't remember. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, they just asked me to audition for it and I went in and uh, uh, auditioned, which I thought was going to be just total impro. You know, and you just wing it and sing a song and all that. And, mm. and, and no, very tightly scripted. Right. And so had to um, yeah do all that and then do a second sort of, you know, can he does he play well with others kind of oh, audition yeah, yeah. as well <laughs> and um and that went fine and yeah got the job yeah so anyway but yeah what a strange job but it's kind of like it was sort of like a almost like the acting version of a bar job because it, it was i'd just sort of do it every now and then they'd go oh can you you know squeeze a few in here can you do a couple there it's not like you're doing weeks of it you know right. what i mean like you'll just do sort of two not like then, neighbors What's that? It's not like Neighbours. No, I've never done a Neighbours, so I don't know how Neighbours rolls, but right. I guess that just goes all week. Mm. But no, you just do, um, you do, you rehearse, say on a Tuesday, you rehearse two, two episodes, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then you would shoot the following Tuesday, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And so you might do, you know, a few days, you know, two, generally no more than four eps a week. You know, you know, you might do that and then just do a few weeks of it and then... Then they'll say, oh, can you do it now? And can you do it? So it was always just a pop in, pop out kind of job. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's funny. Unusual. And that's led to yeah. you having a uh, career as a children's singer. Well, yeah. Well, it gave, well, it, basically, that was what let me make a record. Mm. And I just went like, they, oh, so great. And I just went, rang up Cram, my mate, you know, from Spiderbait and said, like, um, they've given me money to make a record. Let's do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we went to Sing Sing and then we went up to Byron and, you know, I mean, we did it proper. Like, it was really... Uh, and you made a song called I'm Not Singing. I'm Not Singing, yeah. That was the name of the album, yeah. And, um, um, it was, and it was... What, what a great joy that was. You know, got Tex Perkins in and, and we just did it. We just went, let's just make a really fun record that just happens to be under the kids kind of thing, mm. you know? So, um, so, yeah, I've just done the second one. Um, which is going well, and then, but now I'm going to do a. I'm, I'm moving into grown up land. Wow. Yeah. So Tex and I are going to do one, which is I don't know if you know that there's a Spectrum song which you probably know. The someday I'll have money. Oh yeah. Money is, and it's got this real sort of um, what would you call it? Kind of Australian commune, like a sixties kind of, uh, you know, communy kind of vibe, mm -hmm. and we sort of want to do. An album like that, which yeah, yeah. which is very much sounds like humans made it, you know, acoustic instruments. Um, like, not that, not okay. against guitar, but but just but you know, like a credence sort of sort of in that area, yeah, in yeah. that vague area, yeah. And, and but with a with a sort of a you know, obviously with a with a you know catchy tune sort of sensibility. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's what we want to have a go at. So that's the next one. 
So yeah, music's very important to you. I'm gathering. Yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was in a you know like when I was when I was a teenager, I was like punk rock bands and stuff when I was at school and mm. and after school and um you know. So yeah, that's always been there. Music's always been a big, a big thing. Yeah. Anyway. And so, what do you think? Um. What do you think it is that's driven you this way? Uh, you know, at the end of every job, thinking, "Fuck, that's the last job I'm yeah, gonna get." I know. Um, and but then it's not. Yeah, I know. And then you get house husbands, and that's security for four or five, however many years. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. It's yeah, like, it's that's phenomenal. just incredible. Like, because you do it for about five or six months, and then you've got five or six months off. Mm. You know, like thank God, because I've got to do all these stupid freaking knee operations. But like, yeah, that's yeah. that's my year. But um, but um, but no, it's like um. It's it's like it's actually great. Well, it's not like you know, it's not high art, obviously, blah blah. But um, the gang's all great fun, good people. So you're going to work with people you like, which is a good start. Mm. And um, and then you're making a um a show that's not total shit. Like I mean, I I watch it and go, that's oh, all right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I it's not. I don't hate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. A, I'm not just being a total whore. <laughs> like it's just it's like it's actually all right. You know I don't mind it. And um and uh, and the yeah I really all the gang's really great to work with and um. And we all, it's because you get, you know, it's like a big, weird, dysfunctional family now. We've been doing it for quite, quite a while. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully do another couple of series of that. And then who knows what happens after that, mm. you know? But, yep. yeah. And what do you think it is that keeps driving you forward as an actor and, and a musician as well now? Um, Got to work. Got to work? Got to work. You just mm. got to do stuff and make stuff. And this is something that you feel you're very good at? Yeah. Well, no, you're just always improving, of course. You know, mm. that's the thing. But it's also they're all such adventures. I mean, the 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 music one is so outrageously thrilling to make music because it's you. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like on a TV show, you know, you've got a script and you know you've got some control. But when you when you're writing the songs and you're playing on lots of them and you're putting it together and sort of producing, whatever, that's like what a glory that is. Like, because mm. you're just going. I made that. You know mm. what I mean? Like that's um, a big deal. So I mean, one one area that I'm gonna that I've just sort of started to move right into again is um, is just writing. Like at the moment, I'm just doing interviews and stuff. But I want to do a um, I want to write a novel and and because you know my writing's been going pretty good. I've been getting published quite a bit, and so I want to um, pursue that because you're in charge of your own universe. You know when you write. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to uh, do a lot more of that. And certainly while I've got while well, my knees are fucked. <laughs> you know, I'm like you know misery. I don't know if you've ever saw that film. Um, I'll be in the in the bed just tapping away. You know, um, writing your fantasy, writing my book. Yeah. Um, so I want to do um, a bit more of that and get you know get some some things up where your fingerprints are more all over it. Mm. Than, you know. Yeah. So I think for me the meaning of all of this, the meaning of life, yeah. really is about that. It's about creating, and it's about. Um, the expression of self through creation to, I don't know, maybe inspire other people, maybe reflect something for other people. What do you think, what is it for you that um, that you think is the meaning of all of this? I think the meaning of all of it, I'll just, I'll take one part of it of going, of, of just the storytelling is obviously really important, of just telling, even like, you know, like say with a thing like House Houses, which is just like the minutiae of who does the washing up and whatever. Mm. Um but those like those that storytelling, and particularly on that level, funnily enough, really connects with people yeah, because yeah. they go like 
that happens at home to me you know what i mean like um and so so storytelling because and because i think uh so much of life is unexamined you know by by people all, all of us in, you know all, all of us included um uh examining it in whatever way through artistic means of um you know the the rhythms of it and the connections of it and, and the possible meanings of it is uh endlessly fascinating and important and I, and I and I also think that you know the the thing of um seeing patterns in things um it's like where um you know patterns of behavior where where uh, or, or the shape of lives, you know, mm-hmm. like where because so much of life we're not given any instruction whatsoever, and it's incredible how much instruction we all get in life from art, from TV shows, from films, from music, mm-hmm. from bands, from or, or just how to be, you know, to mm-hmm. how to be. I mean, one of the great scandals really is the fact that how much we are brought up by rock stars. Yeah. What a scandal. Like these, you know, drug-addled 20-something-year-olds when you're 14 and you're looking up to them. Do you know what I mean? Like, and you're going, oh, yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And they're living the most irresponsible kind yeah, of life. And hedonistic. Hedonistic, just go for it. And you're just going, that's what I want to be. Yeah. You know, which is hilarious and terrible and funny. Mm. Um, <laughs> then you spend your 20s trying to do that. Your 20s trying, your 20s trying to be that. And then your 30s that undoing that it. That's right, exactly. Trying <laughs> to undo the damage you did with the 20s. But... um um, but art, it just is, you know, it, it so writes the narrative. And even when you, when you, you think about um, just the external world, when you're talking about, you know, politics and geopolitics and all that sort of stuff, they're always talking about the theatre of war mm. the, and who are the, you know, the actors in that war. You know, is it like Iraq? And that, that, it's all in those terms. So, so they're all the paradigms. They're the models. Mm. Uh, is is all of the theatrical models? You know, go like, well, you know, that's an Oedipal tale if ever I saw one, or or you know, the Rudd coup is that's a Shakespearean tragedy, or yeah. do you know what I mean? We, they're they're <laughs> all of our terms of reference are artistic terms of reference because that's the only ones we have, mm. and the myths and the and the stories and the characters and the whatever that we create. That's how we make sense of the world mm. because. How else do you? I don't know. Because mm. it's such a strange place. You know what I mean? It's like a... It's so sort of um, domestic and mundane mm. and then also c- catastrophic. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Well, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, oh, yeah, you know, right. that's that's basically been taken by... It's a piece of philosophy that's been taken by screenwriters yeah, and absolutely. playwrights and gone, yeah. oh, this is how Our we hero make... overcomes what and how, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So you said you're uh, you're theist. You mentioned that at the start of the show yeah, yeah. Uh, to bring things full circle. Yeah. What is God for you, if you can? Um, geez, it's a big tough question, of course. Mm. Um, well, I think I just think God is the creator. Mm. Ultimately, I just think all of this is it's just too much to be like an accident or a bang for me. Mm. I just honestly, I don't know if this is just a weakness in my head. But it's all too amazing for me to just be a to have come from a cosmic bit of something, and also the and get but and philosophically it gets down to for mine nothing comes from nothing. Mm. Ultimately, it comes down to that. But then, but I also just go like I mean, just that box alone or this microphone or us just sitting here in clothes made of different materials that have come <laughs> from all over the world, yeah. and with a stack of CDs there and a bookshelf and a bed that's been made with a doona and a plug. <laughs> you know, I mean, I just it just blows my mind, really. Yep. If you actually think about it 
and and then it's like oh, I might go to the airport and catch a plane up to what fly you know through what I mean? the sky like, in oh, a yeah. tube yeah or I yeah. might just get on the iPhone and do you know what I mean like I just, it's just so unbelievable the and the I mean the progress of of the world um and the and the and the and the and the sort of the distance and the depth not only outwardly space wise but also inwardly whether it be ocean or into mm. micro microbiology and all that kind of stuff uh i just can't buy that it's just from nothing mm. so that's that's the that's the that's the main reason and also i do think that there's such a thing as love i do i think that's an actual thing oh yeah you know and that um and that people um do do I, I do think that there's such a thing as a selfless act. I really believe that, you know, because um, you can argue very strongly both ways on that one. It's a you very could. tricky one. Mm. You could argue forever. Is there such a thing as a selfless act? But um, I, I, th- I actually do think there is, and I, um, and I, and I do think that there are sort of, kind of. I think that's my phone. Sorry, that's all right. I think I think there are sort of. Um, I don't know. I think that there's a cosmic music. Mm. I think that I think that music is one of the. I would give music as an example of that says God to me. Mm-hmm. Music definitely does. I just go, how did that come about? Yeah, like you know, I just get so unbelievable. Mm. Um, it's a cosmic energy. It is. It's, it's something and a vibration and all that mm-hmm. stuff that's just so incredible that um, I find it very hard to. You know, comprehend any of that without the concept of God. Mm. And God, obviously, I mean, the concept is so big and it's so lazy because you can't say what it is. Yeah. But I just, I go, I err on the side of God rather than not God. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I for me personally, I think it's almost impossible to separate God and love. Yeah, I agree completely. I completely agree with I that. I think love is God because it's it's something. It's it's. I, I was going to use the word magic, which is the wrong word completely, but. But that that love really is a thing, and I mm. just can't see how it's not God. And also that I've seen I've seen a couple of people die, and and I've seen the change in the body, like where you just go, something left them, mm. and I just and I don't know how else to put it. Like you just go now they're just like an old cockroach shell, like it's just a shell, but something left them, mm. you know, like a real spirit left them. And yeah. I go, if that is the case, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's. It it makes me even you know ponder more. Mm. So I'm you know anyway. That's just that's all of my all of my learning and understanding and and instinct and everything else says yeah there's a god mm. you know and but, it makes complete sense why he'd be completely silent too because you know he's handed it to us it's up to us if we she. want to he or she well I'm guessing it's a combo mm. you know what I mean that God's obviously because. You know, I don't think he's... He, I'd one thing I don't think God is is a prude, too, by the way. So I'm pretty sure... He's not watching you masturbate every that, day. Or, or just goes, hey, fucking jack off as much as you fucking want. Yeah. So what? I gave you a dick, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't think he's a prude or she, you know, like... And I think it's a sort of S slash he, you know, obviously, because covers the lot, mm. you know? Yeah. Well, everything's just fucking energy and vibrations and all that. I mean, you said uh, you didn't want to use the word magic, but there's this great poet, um, Anis Mojigani, who says that magic is just science undiscovered. And, you know, there's nothing to suggest that in 100 years, 200 years, that love, hey, maybe that'll be on the periodic table as yeah, a tangible be, energy. For, that's, a, that's a horrible and depressing thought. Mm. <laughs> 
But um, it's absolutely possible. Mm. But uh, another question that came up the other night too, that was it was actually on Q and A that Adam Spencer, my mate, asked too, which is like what you would ask aliens or what you would want to know from aliens mm. is um, is mathematics the same everywhere? Yeah. Like, is that a canonical, canonical, you know, canonical kind of is math maths, mm. or is it just our version of maths? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you you would think. Like, it, like my instinct tells me that maths is maths. Mm. You know, that no matter where it happens, it's still maths. Yeah, it's you know, a, is there suddenly a non-carbon-based life form version of maths? I don't know. Mm. You know, but it's a great question. It is a great question. Yeah. Um, well, my mind's a little bit blown by that question, actually. It's a tricky one, isn't it? It is a tricky one because yeah. you go, well, maths is an absolute. Well, that's but what we think. Not. Yeah, I know. No, but I know it's one of those ones. You know, yeah. like it's one of those ones where I go, I absolutely think I think maths is maths, mm. but it's possible mm. that there's a whole another way of of approaching, but we can't get our heads around it. Yeah, boom. Yeah, it seems like a really abstract place to um to to kind of wrap things up. Let's leave it open um, like that. I would love to leave it open like that, but I want to ask you one more question. Sure. What makes you silly? What makes me silly? Yeah, either what is something that makes you go silly or what is a, an attribute that you have that you regard as being silly what makes me oh, okay um <clears throat> what makes me go that's a hard question actually mm. um what makes me go silly might be your daughter oh uh, or when you go on play school and you have no to wayne kid. blair is the first person to go he's a director mate he directed sapphires and all that he's one of my oh, yeah. best mates right he makes me go silly like we go silly pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just mucking around dumb silly. Um my daughter makes me go silly, but only in that real dad or daughter kind of yeah, not yeah. what I you know what I mean? Like that's silly, but not you know what I mean? Go so Wayne Blair makes me go silly. What do you um, got what do you do? Do you have an example? Um just talk oh, I would just talk about okay, so say you're driving along and a song comes on the radio mm. and then we'll just discuss what that song means and why we heard it just then. You know what I mean? And then come up with some giant explanation about... As if it's like an astrology reading. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, or whatever. Just some dumb stuff like that. Yeah. And then just giggle about it. Or just remember something and just laugh about it, be stupid about it and make crap up. Mm. You know, that kind of... I've got a few friends like that, but like he was the first one that came to mind. Right. Um, it's funny how you develop those relationships with friends where it becomes a hypothetical off almost. A what? Like where you're, tr- where you're battling each other's logic in hypothetical situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a friend where we try and just out, almost out nonsense each other. Yeah, totally. Just to see if they can keep up. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, now he'd be one. And I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that makes me silly. Um, makes me silly that's not a drug. Although drugs don't really make me silly. I mean, I've done enough. They're old. That's the old days. That's for the young people. Um, <laughs> um, Tony even, Abbott. Tony Abbott it? makes you silly. Tony Abbott doesn't make me silly. I'm, I'm amazed what a bad government they are, though. Like I've never seen worse. I've honestly... Never, yeah, no, it's, I've pretty, never, it's pretty appalling. I've really never seen worse. And now we um, polarise the audience. Yeah, that's right. If everything else we said before hadn't. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> um, no, but I've met him a few times. And the weird thing is I actually get on quite okay with him personally. Yeah. But like his politics are just appalling and his political judgment. And Anyway, but let's not start on him. No. Um, <laughs> what makes me silly? Being on set can make me silly. Mm-hmm. Just being on set. You know, because you've got like a whole heap of people around you all doing different jobs. Yeah. And sometimes you can get really silly because it's just 
especially if you're doing really long hours, yeah. everyone just starts to go mental. Yep. And it's hilarious. You know, just watching people just, just go Just crazy. descend. You just descend into madness. Yeah. And it's just great fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. What's, the, what's, what's one of the sillier times you can remember on set? Um, oh, jeez, what have we done? Um, oh, let me think. Oh, oh, look, I don't know. They'll all sound really dicky, probably. That's all right. <laughs> um, um, let me think. Uh, um, oh, you know, obviously, our oh, practical jokes. Um, like one which one which we this is even this was just we just what got silly just planning it but what <laughs> but, but i'll tell you what the plan is which we still have and the plan is is to um actually hire an actor mate right yeah to uh when we when we start the next series to turn up on set and um approach probably guyton will probably go for guyton grant <laughs> yeah. um and to go and say like um that he's guyton's acting coach and that he's been sent by the producers just to just to help him just to help him get back on his feet, like, <laughs> just to help him get back on his feet and to, to you know get you know just dust off the cobwebs. just to dust off the cobwebs a bit and you know mm. and but he's the only one who he speaks to. It's just a guy and like you know, I'm, I'm just here if you need me, you know, and never let on. Yeah, you know. So there's that one. Oh, and the other one was oh, I tell you what, oh this is this is terrible and funny, but it was when we were doing a to play with um at the STC with um Steven Soderbergh was directing. You know, oh, pretty, wow. yeah, yeah, pretty big deal. You know. And um, our sound guy was one of the straightest guys in the world, okay? And he had, a, he had this MC5 T-shirt on, who's a Detroit band from the 60s, right, who I'm yep. a big fan of. And I said, hey, MC5, rock and roll, nice. You know? And he was like, oh, pff, I don't even know who they are. And I went, ding, perfect. <laughs> uh, and I said, you don't know who they are? Wow, okay, well, um, they're actually like a, they're a Nazi skinhead band. Um, <laughs> and... Um, so I'd be pretty careful where I wear the T-shirt, you know. And so then queued up everybody else in the cast yeah. just to go. And like Wayne Blair, who's indigenous, you know, comes over and goes, you like that band, do you? <laughs> and then Soderbergh, and, I'm, and I've gone, I've gone, Stephen, you know, you know that band? He goes, oh, yeah, I know that band. Like everybody, everybody <laughs> did it. Like the whole, everybody played along like all day. And he went home and burnt the T-shirt. Wow. He actually burnt it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, so that was a bit of silliness. It's just, just a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Reese, for sitting down yeah, and uh, having a yarn with me. Yeah, we went to places. Very, very pleasant place to have a yarn. It's good. It has. And you didn't even reference the fact that my brother's not wearing pants, so thank you. I know. Well, it's, no, but it's the boner that I'm worried about. Like, it's yeah. just... I can't believe... You know, like, it's just sitting there. It's sort of confronting, you know, just... Yeah, we almost got through a whole episode. And why has he got an M&M in the eye of it? It's just weird. Mm. Anyway, let's keep it. Yeah. It's a Jewish thing. It's a Jewish... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, I'm Israel Chai. That means the Jewish people are eternal, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> okay. Shalom. Shalom. Massive thanks to all of you friends for joining me on another podcast adventure. And huge, huge coming up next. Thank you to Reese Muldoon for coming in, sitting down. You noticed that that was probably... a. F- a little bit older than uh, the regular episodes with the little Tony Abbott chat in there. 
And once again, friends, if you feel like helping the show with its evolution, if you feel like contributing to giving back, if you feel like this show adds value to your week, to your days, to your lives, please jump on patreon.com slash marksbros and give a little pledge. And next week's guest, friends, taking another step in the evolution of coming up next. I'm going to be chatting to a dear friend and a musician. Uh, He had a huge album launch at the Athenaeum Theatre earlier this year for his album Sirens. He is soon to be coming your way in a big way. Coming up next, Ben Abraham. Have a marvellous, magical and mystical week, friends. And go and join the coming up next work. Yeah, I did. <laughs>